this is going to date me, and I'm sorry I do these boomer things, but who has fond memories of the Far Side cartoon? Any Far Side fans out there? Good. I, 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 um, I, I picked just a few of my favorites. Um, first one is um, Bummer of a Birthmark, Hal. <laughs> I like that one. And this is actually my all-time favorite here, the Boneless Chicken Ranch. Chickens with no bones laying around, yeah. But I especially love this one, and this one is quoted often, Midvale School for the Gifted. <laughs> There's always a giggle, and then people see what's happening. That's this pull, and they're, they're pushing, yeah. And, of course, how many of you have gifted children? Every parent, raise your hand. All of our kids are gifted, right? Yeah, so all of our kids are gifted. Kids are gifted. They're, they're gifted artists, gifted musicians, gifted athletes, gifted leaders, gifted communicators. There's lots of ways to be gifted, of course. The good question is, who is the gift for? Usually we give a gift to somebody. Who is, a, who is the gift for? And some might answer, well, it's for the parents, because then it gives us something to talk about with other parents, right? But uh, no, um, is it just for the child? Is, a gift, is this kind of a gift a gift that is just for, for our own possession, or, or, or is it a gift that's for others? Sometimes when we just simply get a gift, a package we open up, it is just for us. But when we talk about a gift this way, of, of the gifted, um, there's a sense of it carrying a responsibility with it as well. A gift carries responsibilities. The text that Deborah just read for us from Acts chapter 1 reminds us that we are all gifted. Jesus says, I am going to send you a gift. He promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, what about this gift? Now, this gift, in some ways, can be seen as a gift that, that's for me because the Holy Spirit has, has a ministry in our life. The Holy Spirit is said to sort of seal our salvation. The, the Holy Spirit is given, us, given to us as a, as a guarantee of our, of our faith and our standing with God. The Holy Spirit is given to us to remind us of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is given to us as a, as a comforter. And a reminder, the Holy Spirit is given to us as a, as a guide. So there isn't a sense in which the Holy Spirit is a gift given just to us, but it's also an us gift or an other gift. It's a gift that comes with great responsibility. The Spirit is a gift that's given to us, and it's a spirit that unites us, a spirit that sends us. Marilyn McIntyre is the author of a book on spiritual practices. Probably not nearly as good as Pastor Diana's book on spiritual practices that's coming out. But um, seriously, her book is entitled Word by Word. Do you know that? You heard of her? Anyway, I um, read this quote from her. And she says, Even the best gifts come with an unexpected cost. Every gift changes something. The shape of the day, the balance of the relationship, or just the space available on a shelf or in a drawer. To receive it is to accept that shift, slight or dramatic, and to make an adjustment. A gift calls for a shift in our life. It calls for an adjustment. And so it is with this gift of the Holy Spirit that unites us around a common mission. This gift of the Spirit that, that calls us to go forth, that sends us as well. And so what I want to look at today as we continue on in our fourth in this series called Unite, uh, we're talking about serving globally. And the church receives the gift of the Holy Spirit to unite us around the purposes of God. We unite around what God is doing in the world. And this gift then is to carry out Jesus' mandate to build the kingdom of God in our neighborhoods and world, to use some phrasing that we include in our vision, our neighborhoods and world. So we're going to look this morning, first of all, at global perspective, look a little bit at this text, and then I've got some friends that are going to help me talk about our, our global uh, engagement or our, where we are serving globally, our global service, engagement and mission. And then finally we'll come back to Christ and his ability to call us together, 
and to send us out. So um, that's where we're headed. Our global perspective is that we are united by the Spirit, by this gift. The disciples mistook, they made a mistake about this promised gift, and they thought it was a promise of, of, of a new age to come. And in, they asked in verse 6 of Acts 1, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And what the disciples needed was a shift in perspective. This gift needed to shift them to a new perspective, uh, but they were stuck in an old one here. Their perspective was that they were looking for the restoration of an earthly kingdom to Israel. They were looking for the deliverance of the people of Israel from the foreign domination. The Romans were dominating them at the time. And so the, the, the disciples were looking inward to their own people. They were looking to their own desire and needs, and they were very real needs in order to be set free from the oppression they were experiencing. But their perspective was an inward one. They wondered if Israel would rule again on earth. But Jesus had something bigger in mind. As he gave this gift, he wanted them to shift their perspective. You almost wonder if Jesus was a little bit frustrated with them by this point. This is like after the resurrection, before the ascension. He spent three years with them. He'd been spending time with them uh, 24-7, teaching. He'd been demonstrating the good news. Uh, He had object lessons. He'd been talking about the kingdom of God and what it meant. He spent time with them, and he he took them, and they hung out with the, the people that were on the margins, people that were outside of Israel. He'd spent time with them. They watched him heal the sick, the lame, the demon-possessed. They saw him upsetting the religious leaders. He was, they heard him speak words of hope and love and grace, the proclamation of forgiveness. What he'd been about these past three years was anything but political. He didn't call for political overthrow. He'd been explaining and describing the kingdom of God, this, this realm and rule of God, as something different from what was here on earth, and they still didn't quite get it. It's as if he's saying back to them when they ask about the kingdom, he said, that's not what this is about. It's not for you to know the times of the kingdom fulfillment. It's more, there's more important work to be done right now. Yours needs not to be an inward perspective now, but an outward perspective. There's global work to be done, and you will be my witnesses. Not only, and, 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 you, only, and you won't be doing it on, under your own power, but you will be Holy Spirit powered. There's a shift in perspective, disciples. You'll be Holy Spirit powered. And he says to them, it will be a baptism, only not just a symbolic one like John the Baptist's water baptism, but this will be a filling. This will be an empowering. This will be my presence made real in and through you. This gift will change you. It will unite you. It will draw you together around a mission, and it will send you out with a whole new global perspective, looking and going way beyond Jerusalem and Judea to our non-Jewish neighbors, the Samaritans, and even to the ends of the earth. Does it sound scary and new and overwhelming? It is, but the Spirit will help you do this and give you power to do this. Global. This is what I'm about, Jesus is saying. Jerusalem, Samaria, ends of the earth. Global. This is what I'm about. This is what my Father is about. It's his whole mission. We sometimes like to use the Latin word for mission of God here. It's missio dei. I don't know, something when you put something in Latin, it just sounds like cooler, more dignified. But it simply means the mission of God. There's organizations called missio dei now. The simple meaning is it's God's mission. Dr. Paul Denai is a professor of missions at North Park Seminary and also does a lot of global work for the covenant. Paul is actually one of the 10 missionaries in the covenant. We support his global work. And he was here and he preached on, uh, back in April when I was in Congo, Paul preached to you that day. In a video on this theme of Missio Dei, Paul uh, asked the question about this promise and commission of Jesus, this go uh, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Samaria. He says, he says, is this a postscript or a main script? 
Is this call to go to the ends of the earth a postscript or a mainscript? If it's a postscript, it goes kind of like this. Jesus says all these wonderful things. The kingdom's coming. You know, do all these things. Oh, and one more th- little thing before I go. One more little thing before I go. Some of you will be missionaries and you'll raise support and you'll take pictures and you'll come back every three or four years and tell your stories. Is it a postscript for foreign mission or is it the main script that says, oh, before I go, here's another version of the Great Commission to go into all the world. Here's another version of the Great Commission. This is what it is all about. This is my Father's mission to bring everyone to himself through me. I think you can see it's, a, it's the main script. But often we think just about foreign mission work when we read this. It's all about what God is doing here and there. And this is where he invites us to join him in the work. This is where he empowers us to join him in the work as well. British theologian N.T. Wright reflects on this passage and says, Jesus gives the apostles an agenda. Jerusalem first, then Judea, the surrounding countryside, then Samaria, who at that point meant the hated semi-foreigners living right next door and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, that safe place at home. Judea, the surrounding area and neighborhood. But Samaria wasn't necessarily far away, but it was so different culturally. But God was calling them there and to the ends of the earth, the Missio Dei. This global perspective then gives us an agenda. And it calls us to serve globally or to global service and to engagement in mission. Here at Neighborville Covenant, we have been uh, more and more in recent years seeing how our in investment in global mission should be more relationship. And, and often traditionally in churches, it was we send money off to missionaries who come back and visit from time to time, and we put a paper map on the wall. Some of you are familiar with paper maps that we used to use. And we have a picture of the missionary and some yarn that goes to the country where they serve. And that was all wonderful, but it often just seems so far away. But with improvements in communication and our desire to be more connected globally, we have made investments in relationships. And we have been careful and strategic here at Neighborville Covenant to take a few areas of global engagement to make this really come alive in our midst so that all of us have some kind of touch to global mission. And so that's what we want to look at now. Our first area of global engagement for Naperville Covenant Church is the Democratic Republic of Congo. And in Congo, we have two areas of, of emphasis. The Lisevanet School is a school for girls in Kerawa. There's over 400 schools in northern, northwest Congo that are run by the Covenant Church of Congo, and only one of them committed to girls in order to, uh, in one of the hardest places in the world to live, uh, being a woman is even harder. And so this is a, a, meant to empower them. And we have, uh, we have funded several things there. We've raised money through our garage sale. We bought the outhouse at, uh, uh, at, the, at the school in Kerawa. And, uh, uh, but we also have this wonderful engagement with Covenant Kids Congo. And I've asked Danae Anderson to come and, uh, let, and share a little bit about how they stay engaged with the children that they sponsor and how you might be able to do that too. Danae? I can't resist a chance to talk about Covenant Kids Congo. And uh, when I told my family I was standing up this morning to share a little bit about it, they said, Mom, you're not going to cry, are you? So I'm going to do my best not to cry this morning, but um, it's just something that I love and hear deeply about. So I'll try. Um, So our family sponsors two children. Um, Finance is 14, um, and we also sponsor a boy, Espe, who's 11 years old. 
Um, while I did have the opportunity to travel to their community and meet Espe and his mother, um, I think a special connection is something that we can all um, achieve through our time and letters. So my connection to my sponsored children has taken a lot of time and effort. Um, it's not always convenient to figure out how to mail these letters and get the global stamps and stand in line for the customs forms at the post office, um, but I do it because I really want them to know that someone is praying for them and cheering them on from afar. Um, and after visiting Gemina and realizing um, how hard it is to get there, uh, it's truly a miracle that our packages and letters really do get there. So um, one of the things that I learned quickly was um, I actually schedule these on my calendar where I um, know in the October I mail a package with a family photo and a letter. Um, in the spring I send another letter, and then in December we send a monetary gift um, directly through the World Vision site that goes right to the family of our sponsored children. Um, and when I look at how our relationship has grown over the years, from Espe telling me about his favorite colors, which are red and blue, um, to now sharing his exam scores and family joys and deep sorrows, I am amazed. Um, he wrote to uh, thank us for some toy trains I had sent him, um, and, and he wrote back and told me exactly how his mom had divided them among his siblings, because I guess moms are the same everywhere where we have to make it fair, right? Um, I had also sent a baby gift for the family's newest arrival, baby Oliver, um, and Espe told me that Oliver was able to hold his toy and play with it before he passed away. Sorry, guys, can't do it. <laughs> Love these people too much. Um, I have prayed prayers of gratitude that his mom survived typhoid fever um, and have sent him encouraging notes to study hard and stick with it so he can become the engineer he dre dreams of becoming. Um, Espe often asks for updates about his sisters, Ava, Ingrid, and Linnea, and he asks, um, and he hopes to meet them someday and often wonders when we'll be there to visit. Um, Finance wrote me recently and shared about how grateful she was for her school fees. Um, they were struggling to get that covered, um, and she wasn't able to go to school consistently, and she said she's just so grateful that her entire year of school fees are covered um, because she just loves studying. Um, I get the privilege of being another voice in her life and telling her the truth about who she is, that she is a child of God, and she is so precious to him. So I keep all these words and updates and everything in a little binder. Um, I keep their yearly pictures that they send. And as I flipped through it this week, I thought, you know, why is it? Why do I take that time to connect with these two children across the globe? Um, and I think it really comes down to the fact that I just, I have the opportunity to share a little faith, hope, and love with these kids. Um, these families are experiencing deep injustices um, because of government, because of history and their remote location. So today, when I think about how just a few of us in this room said yes to connecting, we now have over 10,000 kids in this community that are receiving these letters of hope, faith, and love. Um, and when you just pause and think about the power of words and encouragement, um, just think about that going out to 10,000 children. It's pretty amazing. Um, so please know that your words matter. Know that the time and the effort you make to connect matters. Um, and thank you so much for your continued commitment um, to this part of the world. Thanks. Thanks, Danae. How many of you that are here this morning sponsor a child? Oh, there's several. Look at that. Look at we we're responsible for nearly 80 children who are are um, uh, sponsored through uh, Covenant Kids Congo. I was going to have you each share their names, but I think that would take a while. But could you just shout out a few of the names of the kids? 
Isn't that awesome? We sponsored Justine, who I got to visit last April, and we only sort of unofficially support her little brother, who just happens to be named Scott, uh, spelled incorrectly with one T. But uh, I hope you could hear in what Danae shared, um, not guilt that you're not as organized as she is with her relationship, but hear these connections and relationships that we have. Let's just take a moment in our silence. If you have a child, spend some time praying for her or for him. If you don't, just pray for, uh, pray for the girls at Lise Vanette's school, that they will have their school fees and that they will be empowered as young women of God. Let's just spend some moments in silence praying for these kids. God, we thank you that each of these names as they're lifted to you is precious to you. You love each of them as deeply and dearly as you love our own children right here. And so, Lord, we pray for your protection over each one. We pray that you would provide all that they need. We pray for their parents, Lord, to be encouraged as they are part of a movement there in Gemina where these funds are also making a difference in their schools and in their health care and in the delivery of clean water, but that it would all, they would always see that it comes through people who love Jesus. Encourage us then in these relationships, Lord God. Help us to run home and write another note and say we prayed for you today in our church because you are special. We commit them to you and pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So Congo is one place that we are engaged globally, and several of you who raise your hands are engaged globally there. Another place is our, through our support of 10 covenant missionaries, world missionaries. And I've asked Samantha Zilstra if she would come. Samantha is our ministry group director for outreach and mission, and uh, she oversees this, but she's built some significant relationships as well that she's going to share with you. Good morning. As Scott said, I'm Samantha Zilstra, and I am the outreach coordinator here with Sarah Buki. And I get to be really excited to talk to you about these 10 people on your... You can pull it out if you want to. It should be in your bulletin. So there's a reason why Scott asked me to do this, uh, why this matters to me. Last August, I went through probably what I think is the worst thing I could have gone through. And two days later, I got an email from the church that said, there's this lady coming, I thought you pronounced her name Cheryl, but you don't, you pronounce her name Cheryl, and she needs a place to stay on Saturday, and she needs someone to host a gathering for her and to feed people. And I was like, nope, I'm out. I am totally crushed at this point in my life. I have nothing to give. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to make sure my children are fed. I'll say hello to my husband. That's it. I have nothing. But the thought that maybe... I could host this lady, didn't go away. So I wrote back and said, fine. I'm sure I said a more play than that. We can take Cheryl into our house. You know, when is she coming? And uh, Roy Horry said, I'll bring her to your house on Saturday. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Set up a dinner. I can do this. Well, I was so blessed by Cheryl, Cheryl showing up at our house in ways I, I had no idea. I didn't know who she was. I didn't, know, I didn't know she was a missionary in Ecuador. I didn't know that, she, that we were sponsoring her. I knew nothing about her. And that weekend, she came into our house, and we became friends. We were able to talk. We were able to pray. She made tomato soup with uh, me and Miria out of the tomatoes in our garden. It was, we went to a concert. It was wonderful. We had some of the people in this church over for dinner. It was, it was a fabulous dinner, time of um, fellowship. And... 
I talked to Cheryl this week because of uh, Facebook Messenger. So throughout this whole year, we have stayed in contact. We talk a little bit about her ministry. We talk a lot about the things that um, we had discussed last August and a lot about who we are and what's going on in our lives. She also sends me wonderful book recommendations. And that is amazing to me that this little thing um, made such a difference for me in a moment that I, I desperately needed it. And I think that's why we're talking about global missions. It's, the world is huge, but it's, it's not that big. Last two weeks ago, I uh, read the scripture, we are fishers of people. And as I've thought about this a little bit more, what does that mean? Does that mean that I have to go to Ecuador? I don't think that's what that means. But I think it might mean that uh, I'm the person that feeds someone who did go to Ecuador. And I think... I think that's what Jesus is trying to say. Somebody had to build the net that goes out to fish for those people. Somebody's got to help build the boat or chop down the wood that builds the boat. And some are the people that actually go to Ecuador and they love the people in Ecuador. Or they go to Congo and they love people in the Congo. But we all have a different kind of role as fishers of people. It's, it's not just being in Ecuador. And it's not just giving money. I, I don't ever want to minimize the importance of giving our money. I really don't, so please don't hear that. I just think it's bigger than giving the money. It is being in relationship with people. It changes who we are, and it changes them, and it makes the money um, more important, more significant. So what I am hoping you will join me in doing is taking some time this week to uh, take this home, don't put it in your recycling bin. Maybe stick it where you're going to see it, which for me would be like on the mirror in my bathroom. Um, and pray. It may be somebody on this list. Maybe one of the faces catches your attention. Maybe, I don't know, their name catches I don't care. Something catches you. But pray that God opens your heart to, where can I be in relationship? Where can I start praying for somebody? Uh, if, it's co- if Danae touched you today and it's Covenant Kids, Harp, Covenant Kids Congo, Please start praying for how you want to be more involved in that. If it's um, sponsoring a child or talking to Danae, I don't know. And pray for this. Pray for um, South America. We've got a group of people from South America, a group of people from uh, Europe. And then there are on the back also some people from Southeast Asia and then the coordinators. And if one of them, you're drawn to one of those people to pray for them regularly, I would love for you to shoot me an email and say, hey, Samantha, I decided to pray for Cheryl, too. You don't have to tell me why. I don't really care. Um, but, but I want to know, and the reason I want to know is because I am going to encourage you to get on their newsletter. I'm going to encourage the relationship. We've put email addresses on here so that you can actually directly email someone if you feel called to pray for them. And hopefully, uh, if... A couple of people email me. I'm going to say, hey, did you know that um, Melissa is also praying for Cheryl? And if you want, you you pray together. That's the other thing that I I think is absolutely awesome. You know, Jesus says to us, when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. And I know that to be true. When we pray together, something happens that is so much bigger than what you ever thought was going to happen. So if you let me know that you're praying for a missionary, I will also put you in contact with whoever else here is praying for that same uh, missionary. And then if you need more information, if there's, it's very easy. I did it with Scott on Thursday on my phone to go in and find out more information about these missionaries. So if you need uh, some guidance on how to do that, I can help you with that. And then the last really beautiful thing that I get to announce is next summer, 2019, 
our church is hopefully taking a mission, mission trip to South America. So some of the missionaries that are from South America, we don't know exactly how that's going to work yet, but you might be able to meet. So if you've been praying for them all year, then you get to make that connection even more substantial by meeting them in person. So I obviously am very excited about this. I'm happy to talk to you about it anytime. Um, you just have to let me know. And I think we're going to pray uh, for the missionaries. Oh, yeah. Do you want to, too, or I can do the whole? All right. All right. So if you'll bow your heads in prayer with me, we're going to pray for our missionaries today. Dear Lord, I thank you for being in this room. I thank you for being in each of our hearts as you call us to do um, what it is that you designed us to be and how we, in, in serving you. I thank you for this opportunity to make our world a slightly smaller place and and be able to enter into relationship globally. I lift up Julio and Katie in Colombia to you. I lift up Kathy also in Colombia. I pray for Cheryl. I pray specifically for Cheryl and uh, the church that she is serving at um, this morning. I pray for her serving. And I pray for all the teaching that she's been doing in Ecuador, Lord, that I know that you're in what she's in the work that she's doing there, and I pray that she feels your presence. We pray for Jared and Hannah in France, Lord. I pray that you will continue to strengthen them as they work in a hard environment. We lift up Barbara and Stephen Swanson in Sweden. I pray for Peter and Ruthie Dutton in Thailand. Lord, we lift up Paul and Gretchen as they work to also do some teaching and help people know how to be empowered to go and serve you. I lift up Eugenia and Pia in Latin America as our coordinators to put all of this work together. I pray for Carol and Sue in Mexico. And Lord, we lift up Don and Lillian in Taiwan. We thank you for these ten people who are serving you in a very tangible way all over this world. And Lord, I do just again thank you for being here in this room and ask that you will continue to work in each of our individual hearts in the ways that we can serve you uh, globally. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Samantha. I had reached out to a couple of our missionaries this week to see if they would send a word and... um, I heard back from, some of you may remember, they've been here several times, Barbara and Steve Swanson, and we've, we've really built a relationship with this couple. They're very enthusiastic when they visit, and they were in Belgium for several years, and now they're in Sweden. So you go, well, the Sweden need missionaries? Well, probably, but they're mainly there to minister to immigrants. Um, and so I'm just going to read a few excerpts from her letter. It's longer, and I can share it with you later. She says, hey, Naperville Covenant, and hey is spelled H-E-J, so if you speak Swedish, you know that's hey, hey. Yeah, anyway, so hey. Gabriel Covenant, we're so happy to get an almost live moment with you today to say hi and share a word about life as it happens in Malmo. As I'm writing, we are both coming off a week spent in retreat and study. God is good, so faithful, and we experience some of his faithfulness through your faithful partnership with us in mission. Since our last visit in 2017, that's when they were here last, we've landed well in Sweden. We can even speak enough Swedish to get ourselves understood. You'll have to trust us on that since this is just a written greeting. We have finished our last round of Swedish for immigrant classes and are so thankful for all the connections we have made. So they're taking Swedish lessons with immigrants and therefore building connections. Um, 
Our house is an amazing place to welcome people, and on August 30th, after a ban on using barbecues, even for personal use, we were able to welcome 27 friends to our home for burgers and tabbouleh and all kinds of treats from the Middle East. Sweden had a ban on all fire and barbecue use this summer due to wildfires raging across the countryside. We had loads of laughter, conversation in many languages, and lots of interest expressed when we announced that we will be starting a study through the Old Testament prophets. And she shares about some other things they've involved and some illness they've dealt with. But then these are her prayer requests. These are things I can't put on the internet, but I can say to you out loud. She says, uh, please pray for the launch of Al-Masira. And Masira is Arabic for journey. It's a 12-week long course for those who want to study the prophets from the Bible and eventually leads them to the story of Jesus. We hope to launch in October. October will be a busy month of teaching the Sharing Lives, the Sharing Lives course, both here in southern Sweden and also in Stockholm. Sharing Lives is designed to help people in the church learn about their fears related to Muslims, how to extend grace and practical tips on how to meet your Muslim neighbors. We really enjoyed teaching this material and excited about the participating churches and their desires to reach out across Sweden. And then she talks about help us pray for us in our uh, language study in Swedish. But you can see how God is making connections for them. But we get this warm note from Barb who knows Naperville Covenant has been here. And uh, so she might be the one you want to pray for in some of those needs of reaching Muslim people in Sweden. Maybe something that touches your heart as well. So there's Covenant Kids Congo. There's praying specifically for these missionaries. Pick one, like Samantha said, and let her know. And then the third area is the mission trips we take. And in recent years, we've connected with Covenant Merge Ministries. And Pastor Diana is going to share a little bit about that. Hola. Hola. Me llamo Diana. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Okay. That's all I know. Okay. But I um, have been on several mission trips with Merge. They are uh, a great uh, agency, company, organization that helps us do missions across, across the world. My title here is Pastor of Spiritual Formation, and so part of that is making sure that we get to be spiritually formed in all sorts of different ways. And one of the ways that we do that is, is traveling globally to do missions. We have a three-year cycle, so we go every three years. So we just went to CHIC, which is our, our youth um, uh, conference that we do, and then we do a local mission that's right around the corner in some way, shape, or form. So if you've been a part of um, Windy City Project, that would be our local. And then we do an out-of-the-country every three years. We've been to Peru, Mexico and Nicaragua. Do you see the theme of language? So Merge being our our denominational mission organization, Merge helps us be successful on the mission field when we go. I'm confident that we wouldn't be able to do it without Merge. It's headed up by Dale Lusk, and uh, he's in the first picture here um, down in front as soon as that picture pops up. So he's right down, he's got his hands on his knees uh, to, to the right. He's the farthest on your right there. That's Dale Lusk. And he runs, and he's been, um, all of Merge Ministry has been doing it for about 25 years at this point. He will be helping us figure out where we are going next summer. So I've already started communication with him. We've already been going back and forth um, via email. He has a huge list of questions that he asks us um, before we just jump in with two feet wherever we think we want to go. 
The great part about Merge is they plan all of our ground transportation when we get there. They make sure that we eat healthy food so we don't get sick. That's huge for anybody that's been out of the country on a mission trip. Um, and then the very the, the most important part is they actually figure out that mission connection. So for for us, they have been there already, and they are connecting with these churches, and they stay. And that's the powerful part. It's not we came in, we, we were there for one week, we ruined the church, and then we leave. The missionary makes sure that we do a good job while we are there, and they also follow up afterwards. The reason Merge is so significant to the Covenant Church is because of that ongoing relationship. Samantha was just talking about how important relationship is here and there. Merge Nicaraguan uh, missionary, is, uh, one of them is uh, Martine. And if you've been reading your uh, emails at all, you have met Martine a little bit. Um, I think I threw a picture in of Martine, did I? Oh, there he is. There he is. So that's he and his wife. And if you have offered housing, kind of like Samantha um, did last year, you will be blessed. This man is a comedian, uh, and he is just great to be around. So he greeted us in Nicaragua and journeyed with us all, all week long. He made sure that we got where we needed to go and had the food that we needed to eat. But we are now in such close relationship with him. He he, we, are, we get to be a part of saving his life because he needs to get out of Nicaragua um, because of the civil unrest and he needs some place to stay. And so we as Naperville Covenant, there's already been several families that have said we have an extra room and they can stay with us. That's powerful. That's powerful relationship. But there's also uh, Mario, who uh, he was our missionary when we went to Mexico, when we went to Chimach, Mexico. And he uh, built a relationship uh, with the the, um, church that we went to there. So here's the group that went uh, to to meet Mario. Mario was in the other picture. But this is the group that went uh, several years ago, back in 2013. And if you will notice, this is a very um, good job at intergenerational. There are two full families represented here. There are two couples and there are several youth that just went by themselves. Some took a parent with them. And there are a couple adult singles. So really good way um, that we were living into that intergenerational piece. So each day we would, we would lead VBS with the kids, and there were, I think, 100 kids that came um, to the VBS. That was the girls' side of the room. Um, they also had the boys' side of the room. They, seat, sit, seat, they sit separately. It was very interesting. Um, We did two days of Bible study with the women, and we did a craft together, and so that was the women uh, of the church. And then we did a construction project, which was the biggest construction project I've ever done in the hottest conditions. It was a um, huge slab of cement, which kind of seems insignificant, but it was not. One of the... um, things that they wanted to do were host more outdoor events to do more outreach at their church. So this space, I I think, easily was bigger than the Fellowship Hall, okay? One week, lots of concrete um, that we we laid. One of the first uh, events we had was on that new piece of concrete was a um, men's night of barbecuing and prayer. 
And uh, my husband, uh, Rodney, was uh, the leader of that. Uh, this was him actually preaching. There's a, there's a little um, trouble with women in ministry when we go to some of these places, so it's great to take your husband with you who can, can preach. So that was uh, a real gift. And that's Mario right next to him translating for Rodney in the, in the church. So three years later, I received this email from Dale Lusk, and let me uh, read it for you. Back in 2013, a team from Naperville traveled to Chimach, Mexico, on a merge trip to partner with a growing church that, in a town of 10,000 made up of primarily of Mayan people. During the trip, the team helped to construct the floor of what was to be an outdoor patio to be used for a large outreach of events. Eventually, a roof would be constructed over the patio so it could be turned into an outdoor pavilion. During the team's trip, the Naperville team organized a special men's event in which Pastor Diana's husband, Rodney, shared a message and led a time of prayer. During the prayer, he, started, he shared a vision, Rodney did. He had, the, he had of the floor that had just been built. It was a complete building, and the place was a church of a growing congregation. The pastor of the local church, Robert, and the leaders of his church never forgot about the vision of that prayer. In fact, it became the prayer of the church for two years. One year ago, 92-year-old man Felix, a native to Chimach, received a vision from God to visit a local church where the Naperville team had been. He had never been to church before, but felt compelled to go and eventually gave his life to Christ. The church had been growing rapidly and there were no longer was enough room for the small, in the small sanctuary they had originally built. Felix heard about the prayer of Rodney and, re, and resulting continued prayers of the church regarding the pavilion. He told the church, I own land in Cancun. I will try to sell one of my properties. If it sells, then I know it's from God and I will donate the entire amount to build a new church where the pavilion currently is. Guess what? The property sold, and Felix donated around $50,000 to build a new church in Chimach. There it is. People ask if mission trips truly make any long-term impact on people's lives. The problem is, in answering that question, sometimes we have no way of knowing the impact you have made. Sometimes you find out that a prayer given in faith years later changed the future of a church and a community. All I know, this is Dale speaking, all I know is that after doing this for 23 years, I've heard too many stories like this to even think that mission trips no longer have impact on furthering the kingdom of God. They do. Dale Lusk and Mario Valdez. We are planning a mission trip for next year, but we don't do the planning. God does. And so this Wednesday night, the students, they will start together and we'll start praying and we'll start asking God, where do you want us to go? We'll have these missionaries in front of us as we're praying. My hope is that we continue relationship with more missionaries as we do this. And my prayer is that you would come alongside us in prayer and you would be praying as well. And um, anything that you hear from God over the next couple of weeks, I would love to hear from you. Not what you want, but what you think God wants. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the people of Merge who are willing to really sacrifice their whole lives to do what you are calling them to do. You are allowing them to let us come and serve your greater kingdom. May we be a part of what you are doing big picture, not see ourselves 
is more important than others, but just a part of the big picture, the big picture of what you're doing. We ask, God, that you would guide us this week as we listen to where you're calling us to go next summer. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Worship band, you can come on up as I just finish quick comments here. All of this can be a lot of busyness, a lot of fundraising, a lot of travel, a lot of activity, a lot of letters. But for us, it's centered in Jesus. Do you know the difference between centripetal force and centrifugal force? Centripetal pulls everything to the center and centrifugal force throws it out from the center. And both of those happen in Jesus. We, Jesus draws us together. We draw into the church family. We draw it together to be the church. And yet then we are also sent out. And so this is what, uh, these are the kind of people that we want to be. I remind you again that our vision of Naperville Covenant Church is that we be an increasingly diverse, compassionate community committed to knowing loving and serving Jesus in our neighborhoods and world. He is a God that gathers and he is a God that sends. And uh, we are grateful for the way he sent us into these relationships. So let's continue in worship.